Welcome back to Heroes of the Faith, a show where we are inspired by the lives of the saints so that we can become saints ourselves. I'm your host, Isaac Longworth, and today's saint is really a true hero of the faith. He is a man who I genuinely find inspiring due to his bravery in the face of intense pressure to deny his faith. So I hope you love him as much as I do. His name is Saint Charles Lawanga. Now, Charles Lawanga was born in 1860 in the country of Uganda. And when Charles was young, his parents sent him away to live with some of his other relatives in a different part of the country. And his relatives trained young Lawanga how to be a page in the royal court of the Kabaka, which was the uh, Bugandan word for king. And so Lawanga was trained to be a page for the royal court. He was also trained or raised as a pagan. Lawanga would have worshipped uh, the many different gods and spirits that were believed by the native Ugandans at that time. Now, the religion that he would have been raised in was uh, a kind of paganism called animism. And this was the belief that everything had a spirit. So trees and plants had spirits and animals had spirits and humans had spirits. The Ugandans worshipped the spirits of things in nature. They also worshipped the spirits of their ancestors who had died. So Lawanga would have worshipped the sun and the moon and worshipped his dead relatives as a kind of god. Now the Ugandans were believing that there was certain people witches and sorcerers who could be a channel between people and the spirit world. And these witches would use magic and ritual spells in order to communicate with the spirits. And so the people relied on these witches, on these witch doctors and sorcerers to communicate with the gods on their behalf. One of the ways that these witch doctors would communicate with the gods was through sacrifice. And they would sacrifice animals or sometimes even humans to appease the spirits. In fact, the highest form of sacrifice that could be offered to the gods was child sacrifice. And so there was these uh, horrible practices that would happen in Uganda where witch doctors would kidnap children and they would offer them as sacrifices in horrible ways to different spirits in order to get certain blessings in return. And so Lawanga was raised in this kind of paganism. It was a very dark and scary religion, but it's all that he would have known growing up. Now, in Uganda at that time, other religions were beginning to make their way into the country. Uh, Arabic traders brought in Islam and explorers from Europe brought in Christianity. There was French Catholics, and uh, Anglicans from England. And all of these different religions were beginning to mix in the country. Now this posed a new problem for the Ugandan Kabaka, which was their word for king. And the Kabaka was trying to maintain his own power in the face of all these new cultures, all these new religions coming into his country. And he saw his uh, faithful subjects being taken into these other religions, and he felt like that was vying for his political power and his control over the country. Now, when Charles Lawanga was 18 years old, he was serving a local African chieftain. So that meant that he would travel with him wherever he went. He was a part of his retinue. And so when the chief went on a business trip to the capital city of Uganda, Lawanga went with him. And when he was there in the capital city, 
that was where for the first time he heard about Christianity. He met uh, these men, these priests called the missionaries of Africa. They were French priests and they had volunteered to come to Africa to preach to the native peoples about Jesus, to share the gospel with them. And uh, the people called them the White Fathers because they would wear these white habits. They had these white robes that they would wear. And so the people, when they saw them coming, called them the White Fathers. And in the capital of Uganda, Luanga heard these White Fathers speak about Jesus for the first time. And he was intrigued with what they were saying. What they were saying about Christianity was so different from how he viewed the gods. The Christians taught that there was one God who had created everything. Instead of what Charles Luanga believed was that spirits lived in everything. The Christians believed that they didn't have to sacrifice their children to the gods because God had already given his own child, his son Jesus, as a sacrifice for humans. And so it was a complete opposite, a change in worldview that Luanga was hearing and he was interested in what they said. And so for four years, he listened to what these white fathers taught about Christianity, and he began to believe that what they were saying was true. He was attracted to the truth of Christianity. And so when his chieftain died, he decided to go and live with a community of Christians, and he began to even prepare for baptism. He wanted to become a Christian fully, and so he was learning his catechism, learning what it means to be a Christian in order to receive baptism. Now, when Charles Luanga was 24 years old, he journeyed to the palace of Kabaka Mwanga, King Mwanga, who was the new ruler in Uganda, and he entered into King Mwanga's service as a page in his royal court. And so his role was to serve the king to attend to his needs at court. Now, Luanga was extremely successful at the court of the king. He was a smart young man. He was athletic. He was handsome. Um, he was one of the best wrestlers in the palace. Wrestling was a massive sport in the palace, and Luanga was better than all the other pages. And so eventually, because of his intelligence, because of his charisma, Luanga was elevated to be in charge of all the other pages. So it looks like things are going pretty well for our hero, our saint, Saint Luanga. But despite his growing influence at court, Charles Luanga was faced with a new and really difficult and sensitive situation. You see, his king, Kabaka Mwanga, was a pagan. He believed in all the old spirits and gods of Uganda. And the king had many wives, 16 of them to be exact. So he had a lot of wives, but he was also attracted to men. King Mwanga was bisexual. He was attracted to both men and women. And he was particularly attracted to all of the young, handsome pages that served him at the palace. These boys had been sent to the palace from all over the kingdom by families who had sent their sons to the court, hoping that they would be able to make their mark in the world there. And so King Mwanga would use his power, would use his influence as the king to pressure these men into responding to his impure desires for them. Now, Lawanga had learned from the missionaries that God had created marriage to be between one man and one woman. 
And so Charles Luanga knew that homosexuality was not a part of God's natural plan for humans, uh, that it was something that was intrinsically disordered. And he knew that to act out on homosexual desires, on homosexual temptations, was very wrong. It was sinful. And so as such, Charles Luanga did his very best to protect the pages who were in his care from the sexual advances of the king, King Mwanga. And so he took care of all of the Christian pages, both Anglican and Catholic, and they started to rely on him for his encouragement to avoid the king when he sought them out for impure reasons. Now, over time, King Mwanga noticed that the Christian pages in his court were not like the other pages because they were refusing his impure advances. And he tried to figure out why that is. When he found out from one of them that the reason they would no longer sleep with him is because they had found a new faith in Jesus who taught that this was wrong, King Mwanga was furious. He was furious and he threatened to kill the pages who refused to cave to his desires for them. Now, because of this, they knew that the king was angry, that the king had absolute power. He could have killed them whenever he wanted. Charles Lawanga was secretly baptized because he knew that it was very possible that his life would be over very soon. And so he prepared for the worst. And for three months, Charles and the other Christian pages served in great fear the king. They served him faithfully while they refused to cave into his homosexual demands for them. As such, the Christian pages were under constant threat of death, constant threat of danger from the increasingly frustrated king, who was enraged that they were resisting his offer. Now, despite the danger, Charles continued to encourage the other pages to, to galvanize them on to keep following their faith, and he continued to evangelize the other pages, the other pagan pages in the court, teaching them about Jesus, teaching them about the Christian faith in secret, and many of them began to believe in Jesus as well. And as such, they too began to refuse Mwanga's advances on them. Well, one day, King Mwanga had had enough. He had had enough, and he announced that the following day, all the pages would be summoned before him in court, and those who were Christians, those who refused to go along with his impure desires, would be put to death. Now, due to this emergency situation, the pages weren't able to get to the missionary priests to be baptized, and so Charles spent the whole night baptizing all of those who wanted to become Christian, teaching them about the faith. And together, all of the Christians gathered to pray for strength, to suffer well for Jesus, because they knew that the next day would require a lot of courage. Well, the very next day, the king assembled all of the pages, and he demanded that those of them who were Christians would step forward and renounce their faith. And Charles Lawanga, along with 16 other Catholics and 10 Anglican Christians, refused. They refused to renounce their faith. They stepped forward and boldly proclaimed that they were Christian and that they were not going to back down from that. 
Charles Luanga himself said that he was willing to serve his Kabaka, serve his king faithfully, that he was willing to even die for Mwanga if it was necessary. He was loyal to his king. He was loyal to his country. But at the same time, he would never deny his faith. He would never commit sins of impurity with the lustful king, and he would continue to protect the other boys from him. In a rage, Mwanga ordered that all of the Christians who refused to leave Jesus behind would be burned alive. And so the pages who were ranging from ages of 13 to 26, some of them were quite young, some of them were young men, but all of them were sentenced to be burned alive. They were tied together tightly and forced to march for two days to the execution site. And the march that they were forced to go on was so brutal, it was filled with beatings and torture, that some of them actually died along the way. They never actually made it to the site of execution. Now, as they walked along, people who testified that they saw them walking to their deaths, joking with each other, they were filled with peace, they were filled with joy that they were able to give their lives for Jesus, even though they knew that at the end of their journey, they would face a horrible death by fire. When they reached the site, they were kept in prison while the massive bonfire was being prepared, while the executioners were stacking the wood that would be used to kill them. And Charles Luanga from prison led them in prayers and songs. They prayed the rosary together as they prepared for this gruesome death, asking Our Lady to help them in their moment of martyrdom. When the day of execution arrived, Charles, who was considered to be their leader, he was burned first to make an example of him, and they burned him in an especially cruel way. First, they made Charles Luanga arrange the wood, arrange the sticks that would be used to burn him, which he did, and then they tied him up and they burned him slowly. They first put the fire to his feet and to his legs so that he wouldn't die right away, and they burned his legs right down to the bone. But he refused to cry out in pain. He refused to scream. He just kept saying, you are burning me, but it is as if you are pouring water over my body. He taunted them, continued to call on the name of Jesus. Then they wrapped what was left of his mangled body in a reed mat and threw him alive into the bonfire. And at the very end of his life, out of the fire, they heard him call out in a loud voice, My God, as he gave his life for Jesus. After he was dead, all the other pages who he had evangelized, who he had encouraged, were burned alive in the same fire after him. Now there is so much that I think we can learn from this brave saint. But I think that something that is particularly relevant to us that we can imitate Charles Lawanga in is his heroic response to the sin of homosexuality. You see, Charles Lawanga lived in an environment. He lived in a culture where it was dangerous to stand by his faith convictions that homosexuality was wrong. King Mwanga, who was a bisexual man, he had total power in his kingdom to oppose the king, to oppose his disordered sexual desires. That was a death sentence. And yet, Charles Lwanga 
refused to go along with the culture. He refused to pretend that the king's behavior was normal. Instead, Charles Luanga humbly and yet firmly refused to accept the sin that had become so acceptable in the palace culture. Now, I think that that's something that all of us can emulate today. Right now, we live in a culture that as a whole has embraced a widespread acceptance of rebellious sexual lifestyles and behaviors that are just not in accord with what God says. Homosexuality, transgenderism, and so much more is celebrated in movies, in music, in our media. Politicians and celebrities alike, they try to outdo each other in showing their support for all of these different lifestyles. We see constantly in our streets, on the news, lavish street parades that are in almost every country in the world celebrating homosexuality. We now have entire days and weeks and even months that have been named by governments as national holidays to celebrate various forms of diverse sexual disorders. How are we as Christians called to respond to this issue? Living in a culture that is so affirming of homosexuality and every other kind of disordered gender ideology, how are we supposed to respond? Well, I think that we need to respond as Charles Lawanga did. He lovingly and firmly stood up for the truth that all of us are called to the virtue of chastity, which is the respect and proper use of our sexuality. All of us are called to live chaste lives. He loved and was even willing to die in service of Mwanga. He didn't hate his king. He was loyal to his king. He loved his king. And it was out of that love for him that he refused to affirm Mwanga's sinful behavior as good. He refused to go along with it. Charles knew, and so do we, that God has clearly said in his sacred word in the Bible that homosexuality is disordered and that it goes against our nature. In the Bible, Paul explains in Romans chapter 1 that homosexual desires are dishonorable passions. Paul says that women exchanged natural relations for unnatural, and that men gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. And as a result, men committed shameless acts with other men and received in their own persons the due penalty for their error. Scripture is very clear on this. And yet for a Christian to stand up in the public square and to speak God's truth on this issue in our culture today, let me tell you, it could involve significant risk. Not necessarily being burned alive, as it was in Charles Lawanga's culture, but certainly those who speak out against homosexuality today risk losing friends, risk losing their reputation, their career, you could even face fines or imprisonment, depending on where you live. I personally know a teenager who shared the story of St. Charles Lawanga at his high school, which was a Catholic high school, and he got in trouble from his teachers for praying to St. Charles Lawanga because of the saint's opposition to homosexuality. So don't kid yourself. This is real. But we can pray to receive the same boldness that Charles Lawanga had. 
pray that we have the same authentic love that he showed to his king, who he loved, who he served, and yet he refused to compromise with. So let's pray now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Charles Lawanga, you left behind your pagan religion. You left behind sacrificing to false gods in order to worship the one true God who sacrificed himself for you. St. Charles, help us to realize the incredible truth of what Jesus did for us on the cross, that he poured out his blood in sacrifice for us so that we could live forever with him in heaven. St. Charles, you resisted the impure temptation of homosexuality. I ask that you would help all those who struggle with these temptations, even those of you who might be listening right now who struggle with these temptations. Pray to St. Charles Lawanga. St. Charles Lawanga, help them see just how much Jesus loves them, how he wants to be with them, how he has called them out of shame, called them out of bondage, and he died for their sakes so that they can live in true freedom and love by embracing the virtue of chastity. St. Charles Luanga, help those who struggle with homosexual temptations to realize that they are called to be saints, that they are called to be bold and courageous like you in fighting off temptation. Help all of us as Christians, St. Charles, to take a bold stand like you did for the truth of what God says about love and about human sexuality, even if that means that we suffer persecution from our culture that has lost its way, just as you suffered for your stand. St. Charles Lawanga, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.